Hello, my art teacher friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of exciting because I said it's exciting, not because it is of uh, Make Artists, the podcast for those who are interested in choice and tab teaching. Today, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to talk about the future. I got my crystal ball with me today. And really, um, I'm kind of winding down the season here. I think uh, there might be another episode after this, maybe one more after that. And then we're going to we're going to wrap it up for the summer and uh, we'll open up season two if I feel up to it in maybe in August. So take the summer off, we're gonna have a little bit of time. But today we're gonna talk about the future, future, future. All right, let's go. So what am I talking about when I say the future? Well, there's actually a couple of things that are going to take place. First is the future without a pandemic. You know, like when we have a classroom with teachers in it and students in it also. <laughs> that sounds like a great thing. And I mean a full class of students, not some that come only on Mondays and Tuesdays and some who don't come at all. Uh, so that's number one. Number two is a vision for the classroom in the future of the way it could be set up, physically set up, and then also how it could be set up um, from the student services point of view, um, arranging, scheduling classrooms and such like that. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and then we'll talk about some of the materials we could be using in the rooms and we'll end it with ways that we could display things in the room. When you look at the art room today, oh and I'm going to say that some of the things that I'm going to talk about I've actually done, some of the things I will probably never do, <laughs> and some of the things I, I hope to accomplish before I retire. So just putting that out there, I haven't done all these myself, it's a vision for the future. So uh, we'll mention the ones that I have done. Uh, and, and maybe the ones I haven't done as I'm going along with it. Now, when we examine the art room in today's environment, the thing about it is it's not much different, first of all, than the way it was when I was in high school, and also, which was a long time ago, by the way, and it's also not that much different than the general education classroom and the way it's set up. In some ways, it's different, sure. I mean, we have art tables in some classrooms, and sometimes they're set up um, instead of in lines like you would in a math. Maybe they're set up in a U-shape, or you have little pods, little groups of tables. But for the most part, it's really not that much different than the general education classroom setup. You've got a teacher that comes in, um, one teacher per classroom that's teaching a certain class uh, that's assigned to that. For example, one teacher maybe teaches art one, and maybe the other teacher teaches art two, or maybe they only have one teacher and they teach all the arts, but they only teach one of those at a time. Time. So art one comes in and when they come in, there are in better times, 30 students or so in the classroom um, and they're all sitting there in their in their designated seats and their designated room number. And everything is pretty much standardized like that. And you're probably saying, of course, Sans, <laughs> it's exactly what it is. You just described every art room in America. And I have um, for the most part. Um, and, and there is a certain sense of order and control that is, that is established in that environment. Uh, but is it most conducive for the art making process and is there better ways that we could be thinking outside the box uh, both for our students and for ourselves as teachers um, so let's look at some of those things now the first thing I notice and this is one I haven't accomplished yet and wish to in the future is in a traditional art room it's really designed for one function to take place at a time so for example uh, I come in I'm gonna teach uh, um, the students and I want them to look on my screen or my smart board or whatever I have and so I have them all sitting there and they're looking at it and then uh, then I want to use that same space for the next function which is now I'm going to turn it into a studio and it's kind of an odd thing 
thing that we're doing this almost maybe you could be doing journals so there's book work at some point maybe you even have textbooks I don't know how you run your class but there is this sort of um, time when you're presenting and everyone's got to sit there and listen to the teacher very traditional and then there's a time for studio making um, and it's difficult I think to have a room that serves both those purposes now shop classes have overcome this issue the shop class where i worked at apex had this and the shop class i have here at south brunswick does this as well there is a separate room for book work yes they have when you first walk into the classroom there is a small almost vestibule like space um, and there are seats and rows and desks uh, and there could be books can be put on the desks and there is a smart board and the teacher's desk and the kids can come and sit in the rows and the teacher could present in this small space with little distraction of, of anything except for to learn what they're going to learn in that presentation mode. Then the class gets up and goes into the shop where you have the tools, where you have the band saws, and in our case we do construction, the hammers, the nails, and everybody's out there hammering, nailing, and there's no books or anything, and there's no desks. It's just pure workspace. And I think that is how every art room in America should be, if it were up to me, designed to start with. Wouldn't it be great if when the students first came in, they just came into a small separate room, you could sit, you could do your, if you're elementary school, you could do your five minute demo in there. You, and then, and then you can go into the studio space. And now the studio space doesn't have to have those desks set up in a line facing the smart board. They can be arranged any way you want. And they can be arranged to things that would be much more conducive, big tables where there could be groups working, or you could do another presentation or a demo or explain something small tables for individual students easels set up something that looks a lot more like a studio than what we have today so that is a really tall order but if you're in a situation where your principal comes to you and says hey we're going to knock down the school and build a new one and we want you to design or help with the architects to design this you can say you know what would be really nice what if the art room looked like this so there you go that's number one i like the separation of studio and classroom space if i could have it Next, picture this, if you will. And if you haven't started to hate me yet, you're going to hate me here. <laughs> what about invisible borders? Like, right now, I'm going to go back to what I was discussing. And I'll put yourself up in my situation at Apex. At the time, we actually had four teachers. And one teacher taught ceramics and art one. And I taught, like, art three. And the other teacher taught art two and AP art. And so each one of the teachers had their specific classrooms. And they had them set up the way they want, which makes sense because teachers have become very take ownership of their room, which I do understand. But, um, but it was very separate. And there wasn't a lot of crossover at all. I mean, sometimes if a student, you know, knew one of the other teachers, because they had them previously maybe they would interact but there wasn't like hey there's the other art teacher i know that person i have a relationship with that person um and now that's one situation and then now currently in the situation i'm at situation i'm at our two classrooms are right next to each other and we share a connection space between the two so we frequently visit each other's classrooms now we still have separate classrooms and separate um students in there but my students know the other art teacher the other art students are starting to know me and we kind of have this relationship where i can go in and give advice to their stu her students she comes in and gives advice to my students and it's great it's this idea of invisible borders so how do we take that and go even further with it. Well, it, wouldn't it be interesting if 
if there wasn't any levels of classes. What? That's crazy, Mr. Sanders. You can't do that. Yeah, but like, just pretend for just a second. Like, instead of having art one, art two, what if you we, we erased all that? <gasps> what? Yeah, what if you just could like take art? <laughs> hey, what are you taking? I'm taking art. Which one? You know, art. How many times have you taken it? I've taken it three times. Now, I know what you're saying right there. That would not work in a traditional high school because we have a curriculum for art twos that's different than a curriculum for art threes or AP students are doing something totally different. Well, we're just going to put that on the side for a minute because we, we can address that if you want. But let's just start with that concept of, of students being able to work together in a studio. That would mean that students in your classroom could be at all different levels, which by the way, they're at already. You know that if you teach art one, you could have some kids who are still drawing like they're in sixth grade and you could have a student who could ready for AP art in the same classroom right now today, even when you just call it art one. So really this isn't that wacky of an idea. It's not. You could have any student could be in the classroom. Now the thing about that is, is instead of having a whole classroom of crazy art one boys who just want to goof off there maybe would be some art three or four art four kids in there who'd be like hey stop acting up man i'm trying to do my work because they're a little bit more mature hopefully they would be able to take those kids under their wing and be like hey let me show you what i'm doing kids that are less talented would be able to see more talented students and how they they do their work and learn from them and, and if you did critiques amazing how that would be to have other students that are in, like a, at a level art three or a level art four working with an art one student saying hey when i was your age i drew like that and then i did this and it changed everything that would be amazing i think so i love the idea of invisible borders on the student level getting rid of classroom labels. That's number one. Now imagine, and this is where it gets even more scary, uh, shared environments with multiple teachers. Imagine if all the classrooms were connected at Apex and actually had a vision for this because we did build a new building there, but I left right at the time they were building it and I think the plans got changed somewhat. But this idea of having four classrooms that were all adjoined and maybe shared a common area. So you could have one area where the big studio space things were, like one area where there was a mat board and anyone could, you know, mat board cutter and everyone could use it. Or one area where there was this lab roller and everyone could use it. Or one area where there was a 3D printer, whatever it is, um, shared type of, the um, tools that everybody could 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 use in this one shared environment and then if we took that a step forward for <laughs> further i'm so excited about this idea that what if the teachers could move within those classrooms and what if getting crazy the students could too so maybe you start out with your lesson with each teacher going into their room their little separate member the one before the shop idea and doing their little classroom but then they go into this common these four common areas or the common common area um and, and the students can all work with students from other classes together. They could brainstorm together idea. They could collaborate with kids from other classes. It would all be together in one big kind of thing. Um, maybe a bit messy, but it could be organized. That would free up the teachers to do teaching at any level. And more importantly, at their, what, their, <laughs> what they're best at. Okay, so let me give you an example. Let's say you're really good at teaching perspective. You just got it down, you've nailed it, right? And I'm really good at throwing on the wheel, which I'm not, but pretend I am. <laughs> just go along with this, right? Instead of me, as, but now of course we're gonna have to teach, you know, it, the way it is now, I have to teach my kids perspective and I have to teach them throwing on the wheel and the other art teacher has to teach her kids perspective and has to teach her kids how to use the wheel, right? What if it was like, okay, today, Mr. Sands is gonna be giving a demo on throwing on the wheel. So if you're interested in a demo on throwing on the wheel, go into Mr. Sands' room, he's gonna be showing you how to do that. And 
I'm going to be doing linear perspective. And if you want to learn how to do one point perspective, stick around in here. Imagine if you could do things like that. And I would never have to teach a lesson on linear perspective again, because you're so good at it. And you wouldn't have to worry about throwing on the wheel and getting clay all over your pants because I'm so good at it. We could share our mental resources, if you will, our, our, what we're good at and what we're passionate about and be able to share that with our students. And I think that would be a fantastic thing. So overview, imagine invisible borders. There are rooms that are connected, but the teachers are free to move around the rooms and share a common area as well. And the students are allowed to move around the rooms and share a common studio area as well. And they're all working together at different levels because it just doesn't matter. And they're all learning from the most talented teacher giving the most talented demo that they could offer in that school. What? That would be kind of simply amazing. I'll let that sit in for a minute. That might've been a lot. Whew, I gotta catch my breath. Now, the next thing is um, fun, and I have done this, and I continue to try to do it, and that is stocking the art room for the 21st century. Uh, you know, primarily when we order supplies, we go to a catalog, uh, art dealers catalog for art teachers, and we pick out, you know, the, the acrylic paints and some paintbrushes and pencils and pencil sharpeners and the traditional art materials and some paper and some watercolor paint, and we call it a day. Um, and that is great. There's nothing wrong with that, but only until you get to that, and then we call it a day. Because we're not really fully equipping our students with what they're actually capable of doing now and what artists, contemporary artists, are doing today. Now let's talk about, let's just name some contemporary artists and what they're doing. Have you ever seen Phil Hansen? He, what, what, what traditional material does he use? He uses hamburger grease. I mean, he, he uses artificial cheese. He, he uses donuts from Starbucks, right? He, he doesn't use any of that. So maybe he's not a great example because we'll have kids spitting out donuts all over the table. But I'm sure you can think of artists who use other types of materials that are not usually found in the art room, like joint compound, uh, cement, chicken wire, bird seed. I mean, uh, contemporary artists use all kinds, pots and pans for that matter. There's all kinds of things that the contemporary artists use that has nothing to do with the traditional uh, paint and paper and pencil. So uh, you could go nuts going to Lowe's or Home Depot. Imagine I gave you $1,000 and I was like, go to Lowe's or Home Depot and you just walk up and down the aisles. Imagine going down the plumbing aisle with all those cool like um, pipes and stuff that you could all, those plastic ones you could all fit together in different ways and make robots out of it or um, all the different types of paper like uh, the, the, the stuff you put on the roofs, felt, felting paper. You could grab a roll of that. You could get some kind of installation foam board that they had that you could cut. You could get wood. You could get nails. You can get screws. You could get plastic buckets of all different colors and stuff like that. You could just have so much fun spending that money and then imagine what the kids would create with that material. So I know budgets are tight and that's a hard thing about it, right? You don't probably have a lot of money. So you're just like, listen, Hands. I just got to buy the paint and the pencils and be happy. Well, you know, try. Add one thing. Why add one or two things? Go buy some cement. Have you ever seen the artwork of uh, Ross Bonifante who takes his stuffed animals and he takes out the stuffing and fills them with cement? Like you could do that project. Like what's a bag of cement? Five bucks or less? You know, that's an easy way to start with something like that. Kind of messy, but fun. So you can get the idea there. Now, if you have the money, we can take this idea even further. So you've got your traditional art materials. You got your Lowe's hardware kind of materials. And then maybe we can start getting into some of the new technologies, 3D printers, um, you know, 
uh, laser printers, maker makerspace type stuffs. Start filling the art room with that, and that would be great. Again, going back to that, if you had that common area, you could have a 3D printer that all the teachers could use, and, and a computer, you know, dedicated to it. And it wouldn't matter; any student can go out there and use it. Instead of I have to have a 3D printer in my room, and you have to have a 3D printer in your room, and now we're talking, you know, thousands of dollars where we just need one. So. That's uh, what I'd like to see as far as stocking the 21st century art room. Uh, just uncommon materials along with traditional materials, non-traditional non materials, and then new technologies. And lastly, I'd like to touch on the idea of art displays. Um, you know, traditionally, uh, we have display cases and bulletin boards, and uh, we, <laughs> I've been stapling art to bulletin boards for years. Um, but it would be really neat, and a lot of this I haven't done, but if we could um, find other ways to kind of break free of that gallery mentality, um, many contemporary artists today do that as well. They're not just going to galleries, but they're finding new places. Street artists are out on the streets. Um, installation artists are doing it in different areas and stuff like that. So art could and should be displayed in the courtyards and in our buildings in all different ways. I remember seeing one art teacher that, that had her students make posters and basically wheat pasted them to the outside of the school. Now you might want to get your principal's permission before you do that, but just think of that, um, you know, our school walls, decorating a hallway, the lockers, um, adding design to school fences. I mean, there's plenty of different spaces that could be designed. I, I saw, um, it might've been, I think it was a museum that had like, remember the old days you'd go into the store and buy a poster to put on your wall and uh, you'd, you'd flip through. They had this kind of like um, the posters all on these plastic and you, you kind of flip through them like you were flipping through a clothes rack imagine uh, this this museum had one of those outside and you could flip through and look at these big giant posters of art that were in there imagine having one of those in the courtyard or out in front of the school with the kids art and the kids in the morning before they came in were like flipping through the posters and looking at student art i'm just coming up with these new ideas to display art and like start looking start looking around your school and thinking where could i put some art where could art be displayed that you know besides just stapling it to a bulletin board or something or how could it be displayed and you're gonna you know we're creative artists <laughs> art teachers are artists and artists are creative people and and we've always been known for thinking outside the box so why do we let ourselves uh, fall into all these common it's the way it always is it's the way it's always been done type of things why do we not look at our classroom space and start thinking about it different why don't we look at our courses and start thinking about them differently uh, and and the way we teach and the way our students interact with each other in the classrooms and why don't we think differently about stocking our art rooms differently than we've always done it and for that matter back to displays why aren't we doing that well we should be well maybe we are now <laughs> right um, we'll be back next week. Hey, go out there and make some artists.